Hi, Tasha. Welcome to I'm Not Sure It's Okay podcast with Tony and friends. How are you? Hi, Tony. I'm doing great. How are you? I am well. I'm well. It's uh, exciting to hear your voice. Uh, we connected through actually your commenting on uh, Dorothea's um, money chat. Uh, social streams and I started following you because of your work through Financial Garden Um, it's funny how (laughs) I don't think you realized I was me because I was always commenting as Power Org Math and we both were serving children and families in the Detroit area so I followed your work for the last three or four years um, at least three years I can say and I, I'm just really, really proud of you as a Thank young you. woman. Yes, as a young woman taking taking what you learned and pouring it into children and meeting them where they are. And I was just always so excited to see the activities and the excitement on the children's faces and eventually how the social community was um, engaging with the content that you were sharing right inside of schools and with groups of children. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that was you either. And then you're like, I'm Power Org. And I'm like, really? I didn't know that was you. So that is funny. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I like Power Org math content and I had been following power or I had the same thing so I didn't know who the person was behind it so <laughs> yes I'm, I'm guilty of not putting myself out there but instead putting the the families my partners and and our math ambassadors out front <laughs> yeah so I don't know if you know I dissolved power board math at the beginning of the year to folded into a social enterprise component um, where I'm focusing mainly on adults um, who are taking entry-level exams, like specifically in the trades, skills trades industry, those prepping for their um, certification exams um, or entrance exams uh, into certain programs in collegiate institutions. And then also working with small business owners um, to level up their team and maximize their data. So we will be doing some work soon. I'm sure I'll need you (laughs) as well as they they find additional needs through your uh, CPA background. But yeah, so that's where Refresh My Math came from. I did not formally announce it. I just kind of backed out of (laughs) everything um, so that I can just kind of shift and invite them into the new community and utilize our existing math ambassadors to continue serving families. Uh, And then with our pandemic, that slowed down. So I haven't announced it, but now you know and our listeners will know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we can serve more broadly. So financial garden is one aspect of who Tasha Danielle currently is. And can you tell us about Financial Garden, 
where the concept came from, where it's rooted in. I love talking about planting seeds. So that was another attraction to your work. Okay. (laughs) And and the fact that, especially in the African-American community, we have not invested time and energy and resources in learning how to build up our financial status, so to speak, or our financial treasure chest. Um, So I think we learn as we need to, and we Mm -hmm. make a lot of mistakes along the way, but you are making an amazing investment in our community, not just the children, because the families are looking on the the educational institutions that you um, bring your programs to are looking on. I'm telling you this as a former principal and educator. We pay attention because we have to protect our babies. So we are learning as well. So thank you. Tell, you know, I'll let you tell the listeners more about oh, thank Financial you. Garden. I love well, that. Okay. <laughs> Well, I feel like I got the the best intro ever. I'm like, I don't know if I can follow up with that. (laughs) But um, I started Financial Guardian um, during my journey of paying off $80,000 of debt before the age of 30. And it came to me kind of twofold because I was a math tutor in Southwest Detroit. And whenever I would use money references or financial references, if you will, to kind of drive a point home, I was always met with deer headlights. And this was with um, elementary students. Even when I would interact with high school students, it would be the same thing. And the second part, and that's where I knew that was a problem. I knew that was always a problem. And then when I was paying off my debt, I actually had friends in my life who thought that me trying to pay off my debt as fast as possible was stupid. They thought it would make more sense to throw extra money into investing because we're always going to have debt. So what's the point of that? Um, And a lot of their feelings came from me changing what I would do with them. Like I wasn't going to girl going on girls trips or happy hours or doing shopping things anymore because I was so focused on paying off my debt. And I realized that my money mindset was different from those um, individuals. And I knew my mindset was different because my grandmother talked to me about money when I was young. I mean, like three years old, we would talk about money. Me and my grandmother were really close. And I knew how to set financial goals. Like I knew I had a savings account um, at a bank in fifth grade. And so I had a passbook savings and my grandmother would you know, talk to me about what are you saving for here? Just get to $50 and get to $100. So that was embedded in me. So I knew that I could reach this goal, but my peers didn't think they could. So it was those two gaps. So. I knew my money mindset was different from my peers because of my background. They didn't really have anyone talking to them about money growing up. And then I also see the gap in the community which I was serving because I was a math tutor at the time. Um, so fast forward, <laughs> I was complaining about you know this gap to the group of friends that were empowering me to pay off my debt. Um, and they were like, why don't you do something to change it? And I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that reaction. And I'm like, you know what, I should. And so I kind of thought about it for a while. And then I, like you mentioned, I'm a CPA. So we have to take continuing education every year so we can stay current on all the changes that's going on in the county and tax in the tax world and everything like that. 
And I was sitting in the classroom and I'm thinking like, this guy is making a killing by just putting together um, a slide presentation from his knowledge and just rinse and repeat all the time. And so I sat there and I'm like, wow, that must be nice. And as soon as I had that thought, I'm like, you, why are you hating on him? Um, <laughs> I, I had to check myself. I will admit I was, um, I am, I'm a faith-based, I'm a Christian. And I was doing, this was doing my daring you fast. And so mm-hmm. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, I was so bothered while I had that feeling. And then I really feel like it was God that spoke to me in writing. Really wrote out the six areas for financial garden. I have stuck to those six areas because it literally came to me. People ask, like, how did you get the curriculum? Um, I always say, you know, I wrote it myself. I do say it, you know, it was, it came to me during fasting, but a lot of times that gets cut out um, <laughs> when I tell people that. But the six areas came to me as emotions and money, um, entrepreneurship, budgeting, banking, debt, and investing. And so, I've literally wrote everything out in two hours. So I wasn't paying attention in my class. Don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> and I called my mom. She works in after school programs. I said, hey, can I get your uh, your boss's information? I want to set up a meeting with her. I want to volunteer um, teaching financial literacy. I got this idea. I kind of want to test it out. And from there, I volunteered in different schools, like fine-tuning this curriculum. So I had this idea. I wrote it out literally on a random piece of paper and by me being like such professional mindset I always know there's standards and things you need to benchmark with so when I had those six areas I looked for the national standards by grade level because I knew I wanted to do from kindergarten through 12. So these six areas I'm like okay what should you know at three, five, eight, seventeen when you're talking about entrepreneurship? The same that mindset across all those different things. So that's my long story on how I got started in Financial Garden. Um, and the name didn't come to me right away. I spent a couple years um, just doing it under my name because I couldn't figure out what I wanted the name to be. I just knew I had to take action. Sasha. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> Financial Garden is God inspired. So thank you for sharing that portion of your story. And I want to encourage you to speak out about that because we tend to shield our faith or the impact of our faith, the influence of our faith in who we are. And we put it in certain buckets and no, we're going to stop doing that. You know, we have to, as you mentioned, be the change we want to see. You know, you see a gap and that's a gap. And he planted that seed, I believe, for you to show the world um, that he lives in you and that you are first in his life because you trusted him and you just wrote it down. Secondly, I want to say I write on envelopes. I write on everything in Power Org Math. uh, A lot of people well, I've never shared that part of my story until now. So you just uh, triggered something for me to share. Okay. I, was sitting, I was sitting in a master's class with our former state super um, intendant. Actually, he was, while teaching our class, he interviewed for the position. And 
he uh, I was the only charter school employee in that class <laughs> and I wrote out uh, my first footprint for power or math wow sure did I wasn't bored by what he was saying I just took my breaks and wrote it out Mike Flanagan and he looked at it and he encouraged me and yes but I was working full-time at the at the time I was working full-time and my plans were way like extravagant so I had to release them a little bit at a time so we started with our conferences our expos um first eventually it became I changed the name to what's the math in this expo but we started out kind of testing the waters major full day once a year and I'll do a little bit in between but that research is key so third was uh third point I want to celebrate you for is making the time to benchmark um with the national standards because that really shows that you you really care about these children and you want it to be aligned um and acknowledged uh, not not in a selfish way I mean you know you want it to be marketable too that's your target audience but right away you said let me look at the standards so that it's aligned and I, I, I celebrate you for that thank you yeah that is wow a lot of times people um who would approach me for professional development opportunities or um, to bring their curriculum into my school when I was a principal, they they wouldn't have this part in place. So I would have to, to speak with them about putting this part in place. I would welcome them in, but I would encourage them because I wanted them to grow. So I celebrate you for connecting the standards right away. Yes, yes. Now you're I'll, I'll, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and a lot of that has to do with um, my undergrad as well. So I double majored in economics and psychology because I knew that there was a psychology, you know, psychology and money go hand in hand. Yes. And I was fortunate enough to work um, and work, work on research studies with my professor to understand how important it is to do your due diligence in research and understand results when you're running different um, experiments and different things like that and just understanding like cognitive development yeah that was where it really was my focus in in undergrad I mean I'm sidebarring but I really wanted to go and get my PhD in cognitive development Um, I had a focus on that in, in undergrad but I knew that debt was mounting, so I'm like, okay, I'll eventually get to the psychology part of it. But I spent a lot of time understanding schemas and just different things and understanding Maslow and just how different things happen with children. So I will say like that definitely plays a part in it. And I'm always going back to um, my undergrad papers, different articles or different experience that I read on to and put that into the curriculum. Cause I really want to make sure that they understand what I'm teaching. I'm not going in there just saying, Oh, you should save and just spit in fact. I want to make sure they really are taking this in and being able to apply it. Yes, and we we as a society, oftentimes, if we haven't done our due diligence, um, just like we're in the election wave right now, 
Um, we will make decisions based on the name or logo recognition or what we've heard someone else say, as opposed to looking at the ingredients, looking at the long term, looking at the his- history behind that individual or that product or that service. So thank you for bringing your your psycho psychology foundation into this as well um you mentioned mindsets it is a mindset you know we don't we don't know you mentioned your your peers one set of peers cheering you on and saying basically why not you why not now and the other set of peers come on you have plenty of time and so i'm sure you felt somewhat caught in the middle um or others not necessarily you because you had your grandma early on to plant those seeds and it became a part of your norm whereas they didn't have that experience and so now you have someone watering your garden a set of peers so to speak and then the other other set of peers that you are modeling and planting seeds for them with each discussion with each post um, and just your way of being so yeah interesting yeah but you have it I, so young <laughs> look you have it at such a young age I'm so happy for you <laughs> <laughs> thank you and I would say you know honestly with the friends that didn't agree we just some of them I don't talk to anymore but it would I couldn't take the the passive aggressive shadiness of oh you know Tasha you know she got she she got the she um on her budget, you know, she don't have no money because this is that. It's like I I don't like that nice nastiness, and that's what Ooh. it started to be yes. <laughs> with yes. with them. And so one of them, we still we are still cordial, we still talk, but it really created distance with us because now she's trying to pay off her debt, you know, mm-hmm. and now she's realizing what I was saying before. And so I'm like, I'm gonna help you. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I told you so. But we just grew apart because it's like, I don't want to be around people who are being shady towards me, for lack of a better word. And I, when I paid off my debt, I really, I used cash envelopes. I really wanted to make sure I didn't overspend. So if I have cash in my envelope for, for brunch and it's $20 in there and brunch in Detroit is not $20. So that means I'm probably going to get, <laughs> I'm probably going to get one thing, but I'm still going to show up and be present. I never gonna, I never was a person like, oh, you know, I don't have any money. I would just get my one thing. You know, you prepare ahead of time. You, I would eat lunch before or pack a snack. Um, but that's the extremes I went to to make sure I paid off my debt. And so if I'm not, you know, suggesting that you do what I'm doing or I'm not knocking you, it was frustrating that I was met with negativity. So I just naturally just drifted apart from those individuals. Yes, and and we have to do that sometimes, even if within our own family. And I talk about family a lot because I have a huge extended family, and we learn uh, from each other, you know, on the sounding board sometimes. So um, while I may not have experienced some of the examples that I share on the podcast, I have to be careful (laughs) because my family will be on here. (laughs) Um, I... (laughs) I may, I may have heard, heard a thing or two, Um, but you know, just throughout our life, um, we will encounter people who are at different places and it's okay. And with your 
psychology or behavioral studies, I want you to, or encourage you to consider, you know, that people sometimes are reaching for help and they don't know how to ask for help or they're just not ready yet. And so we, we buck the system, so to speak, um, you know, because we don't have the words to say it and we just haven't matured to that point of acknowledging that that's what it is or just being quiet and being still. Um, so we don't know how to think about bullies. Um, they, they have been hurt and they're really reaching out for help. So, but in, unless we have someone to acknowledge that, you know, we're going to write them off. But you had to remove yourself so that you can stay focused, you know. Um, yeah. I recall my girlfriend, uh, when I lived in Minnesota, when I met her, she was working on her bachelor's in, uh, in education. And she would, uh, no, she had just finished her bachelor's. She was working on a master's, excuse me, when I met her. She, she, we would go out on couple dates. I was married at the time. And during dinner, you know, she'll chit chat for a minute. And while she's waiting on a meal, she'll have her book <laughs> open in her purse, study. <laughs> you know, and her husband would be like, she needs a break. She, you know, this, this, this. she always studying. And she'd give him the look and we would just chuckle. Um, but she was a reader naturally, you know. And so she was already always reading something and this was before you know we would pick up our cell phones and read everything on our cell phones um so it wasn't a social media issue it was a you know I have to read this information (laughs) in chunks so making time for yourself and having um those around you who will respect that every minute counts and your time is precious and your journey may look different um, it's so important in separating yourself, whether it's totally cutting yourself off or just in this season. Um, it's, it's good. So again, kudos to you for modeling for them and then reaching, extending your hand to your uh, peer who is in that season now and understand that, hey, this is rough and I'm not sure where to start. I'm not sure, but it's okay. I have Tasha I can reach to. Hello. <laughs> yes. Tasha did, but I'm not sure, but it's okay. I have Tasha. <laughs> I have other people now that I'm ready. And uh, so, good deal. So you mentioned, you know, I'm all about the elders and the wisdom of elders. You mentioned your time with your grandma and your fifth grade. I love when... Uh, financial institutions would come and set up the banking programs in schools. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how how often that occurs now. Um, it may show up differently, you know, with JA Finance Park and some other programs. But what else did your grandmother instill in you before you got to the age of five in your school ages? What did she instill in you or model for you that contributed to both your financial garden journey as an entrepreneur, but that mindset to pay off this debt and um, become goal-oriented, basically? I think it, it was just really the conversations that we had. So I am 
I'm I'm shy. I was a shy shy child. Um, I'm introverted. I know everybody says they're introvert, but I'm like no. <laughs> the epitome epitome of that was growing up. So I would come home because I didn't really talk a lot in school. Um, I would have like maybe one or two friends, and if they were not in school, I just did I just did my work, did what I was supposed to do, and that was it. So I would come home and I'm talk my mama ear off and she's like, no, call your grandma. I, <laughs> so when I would call my grandma, my grandma talked to me like I was an adult. She would say, you know, um, what did you do at school? What did you wear? And I, I see her when I, how I present myself, especially if I'm on like live TV or if I'm doing like my uh, Facebook lives or whatever. She's always like, did your barrette match your tights? Did you, you know, she was like real particular about how I presented myself. So that would be the first conversation was what did I wear to school? And then um, what did you learn? And then I would ask her, what did she do today? And she would be like, okay, I paid my charge card bill. And I'm like, what's a charge card? She would explain what a charge card is. And then she was like, well, I paid my taxes and my water bill and my mortgage. So she would tell me the stuff that she paid. And then she said, I did my budget. So we would talk about like, this was how she talked to me about what she did for the day. Um, and these were conversations that we were having all the time. And then obviously when you say a mortgage over and over again, you're like, what's a mortgage? And she's like, I own my house. We say, I've always stayed in an apartment uh, my whole life until I bought my first house a couple years ago. So um, I didn't really understand that concept until she explained it to me at an early age. So she was telling me like, you know, I was a cashier. She took so much pride in being a first. Um, she bought our house in Holland Park. I grew up in Holland Park um, early years and then we later moved to Taylor. But um, all my money, wisdom comes from when I lived in Holland Park. We actually lived down the street from my grandmother and in Holland Park. But when she bought her house in the late 60s, early 70s, I think Holland Park was it. It was the place to be. It's not yes. what it is now. <laughs> it's not. It's not what you see now. But she was the the only um, black person on her street, and she was like, you know, she took pride in being able to buy that house, and so she would share that stuff with me. Like, basically, not afraid to be the be the first. She loved gardening. She always kept her house a certain way, and she wouldn't just act like, oh, everything's perfect. But she would share with me how she got things done and being able to set these many goals. And so she's like, well, I put this aside to do this. And I knew I want to decorate my living room. So I put money aside to get new shears. Like she would literally walk me through all this stuff. So to me, um, I knew you have to take little steps every time, right? To, to meet a goal. So I actually bought my first car from having conversations with my grandma. I got my first job at 13 and I would tell her how much I'm getting paid, how much should I put, she would tell me how much I should save. And I was telling her I want to buy a car because I grew up um, single parent household, low income. Um, so we didn't have a car growing up either. So I was like, I want a car. I'm sick of taking the bus. I'm sick of taking the bus from Taylor to Holland Park every weekend or whatever. I'm just like, I'm sick of taking the bus. When I turn 16, I'm going to have my own car. So she was like, okay, how much do you need for a car? So. I mean, that that's just how I grew up talking to her about major life stuff. Even with going to college and I was telling her, you know, I had to pay for college myself and the amount of debt I was going in. And she was like, well, you'll be able to pay it off because you're going to get a higher paying career. So I had all these money conversations with my grandmother. 
That's beautiful. Your 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 conversation with your grandmother reminds me of um, former first lady Michelle Obama's <laughs> conversations with her parents and her brother around the table. They were raising adults, so their their way of parenting was to let them in on the real deal and why. Whereas several of us, you know, I would see my parents putting away a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, you know, layaway was big. You know, I was in geraminals. <laughs> I matched too. <laughs> um, and I couldn't stand it. Um, it was too much matching. But even some of my more recent conversations with my dad, just talking about how they've been in this home 33 years, talking about how they, or 32 years, excuse me, how they, um, you know, just moved around, lost a home, etc. you know, because of bad financial decisions and just not understanding. And then to get this home and be here. And he talked about how he would save one week, one week of his pay, was, you know, to get something for my mother. The next week was for me and my brother was born for my brother and I. And the next week, you know, pay, he'd take a little bit for him. And then the next week was the house. And this was on top of bills, you know, his normal bills. It was like, okay, I want to buy um, living room furniture or we need um, a new bed or this or that. So those Stories are there, but the conversation wasn't there. For me, the conversation didn't occur until I was an adult. Gotcha. So I had those early conversations with my children. You know, the adults of my family, um, generation before mine were like, why do you tell them so much? I said, because you ought to tell me, and I don't want them to have the same experiences, you know, that we had. I want them to have um, an opportunity to make better decisions. You know, they're going to bump mm-hmm. their heads, but I want them to make better decisions. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to plant the seeds, water the garden, and um, let them sprout and grow and allow them space to plant their own seeds and weed, <laughs> uh, toil the weeds, what do you call it? Um, yeah, get the weeds out. <laughs> I'm like I'm having a brain I'm having a brain uh, pause right now too, so I couldn't think of a word. <laughs> I'm like, listen, you know, tend to the soil, tend to the weeds, um, plant additional seeds. So that whole theme is is one that I um, dearly respect. That is really good, Tosh. That's really, really good. Look, Thank everybody, you. everybody has a, uh, a nickname. <laughs> my, no, and that's, my, everyone calls me that too, so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so... Thank you uh, for sharing a part of that journey because we don't always value the journey. So somehow, some way we say, hey, I know I want this. I know I have to start here. But what about that middle, that middle part? So thanks for sharing that start where you are now in the middle. So back to Financial Garden. You <laughs> you recently participated in a huge, huge pine saw Clorox. 
competition, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> I did. Um, so I was a I was one of three that was in the um essence competition. And the I was I'm gonna share the whole story. So it may be a little bit long, but <laughs> come on. My best it. friend my best friend actually sent me the email to apply. And now I me and my um two of my closest friends, we go to Essence Fest. We've been going um every year for the last couple of years. And so we get separate, you know, special emails from Essence. And I'm like, how come I didn't get it? And she sent it to me on her birthday and it was like to be to chance for to win a hundred thousand dollars for your business. And I'm like, oh, I was like nervous, like I can't even imagine what they're gonna have me do to, to even apply. But I'm like, you know what, let me just look at it. And I had to do a business plan submission, investment plan, and a video. And I'm like, oh, I got, I got all these three things. I had to do an investment plan for the $100,000. So I'm like, okay, it won't be that bad. I just had to fine tune my business plan. But I know if I didn't have that, it would have been a lot harder for me. Um, so I wanted the backstory on this is that for Essence, for the last two years that I've been to Essence Fest, there's this fund called New New Voices Fund, mm-hmm. and it's the CEO, Rich Delinus of former CEO Shea Moisture. He ended up buying Essence, and he created this fund to give grants to um, minority women entrepreneurs. And I didn't hear about it in 2018 when I went to Essence, and they were saying, you know, pitch now to get money for your business. That was in 2018, and I really, I just didn't have the confidence to do it. I'm like, I'm not prepared. I just couldn't, I just couldn't see myself pitching. And I'm like, I've never done an in-person pitch. I don't know if this, if my company is too grassroots to do it. So I just had all this self-doubt. So when we went in 2019, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this. So 2019, the whole point was for me to pitch. I was ready to do it. I had my confidence. And it's, it's kind of going back to like the whole being introverted and like if it's and I'm a very type A, I plan everything out. So it's like spur the moment. I'm like, I can't do this business pitch. This is not what I plan to do when I came down here. So 2019, I'm like, OK, I got this. I'm looking at the stories, looking for essence to talk about. It, it was not advertised. And so I kept stalking Rich Delunis stories on Instagram, Essence. I kept searching hashtags. And then the one morning I didn't wake up early to check it is when they had open pitches. It was from like 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And I woke up at 11 a.m. And I'm like, oh, my God, you have got to be kidding me. I'm like, I've been looking for this. So I get up. I had already had my like what I would wear. I just, you know, got in the shower, ran down there. My friend. She's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going. I'll see y'all later. I got to go. I'm going to still try to pitch it. I got there. They were like, no, it's closed. I was so devastated. Like, I literally started crying because I'm just like, I just feel like I I was mad at myself for not doing it in 2018. Um, And I'm like, I should have never let doubt not let me just take a chance. In 2019, I'm, I'm ready for whatever because I I sat for a whole year like with regret. I wish I would have did that. I wish I would have did that. And so I'm just like, I really thought I was going to come down here and do this. So the guy was like, you know, why don't you see the sit and watch the live pitches? And I'm like, okay. At this point, my friends are like, where the heck are you? I literally left everybody. It was four of us total uh, that was down there. And I'm like, I'm watching these pitches. And I saw, I got even more frustrated with myself because 
I was like, I could have got, I could have did this in 2018. Like every, a lot of them were grassroots. A lot of them didn't even have revenue. A lot of them just were just like literally starting. And I'm like, here I am and doing this for a few years. And I didn't think that I was like legitimate enough to pitch. So I still have my brochures. I'm like, somebody is getting my information. And I ended up meeting Rich's um, sister, Rich Delina's sister, who was on the board for a new voices. And I gave her my information. I'm like, I'm not doing my mini pitch here. And she she listened to it. And she was like, you know, unfortunately you didn't make it or whatever, but she was gracious enough to let me pitch. So when I saw this again in 2020 from Essence, I'm like, man, this is the third time. I'm, I got this. This is like written. I was so confident. Like, it's no way I'm not winning this grand prize. Um, once I submitted it, I was nervous in the application, but once I got the email saying that I was a finalist, I'm like, oh my God, like, this is it. Like, all this stuff that I've been doing, it's going to pay off. So, um, I really want to say that the process and everything, the application process and all that, it was time consuming for me to get there, but I have been doing financial gardening for so many years. I had my business plan. I fine-tuned it to make it more presentable, doing the investment plan and submitted it and the whole competition was it be if it wasn't for coronavirus we they would have flew the three semi-finalists out we would have been able to pitch on the main stage at um at the convention to everyone that's there about our business and it would have been open to vote i think at essence fest but since they coronavirus they changed it and it was open to public vote and i was a runner up I didn't take home the grand prize. They actually increased it to um, $150,000 for the grand prize. But the other two semifinalists, which was me, we each got $15,000 in a year of, or I might not say year, because I think that may be changing to access to a business coach and a business attorney to really um, help our business grow and scale up. So that's the <laughs> whole story about the competition. But I want to just share like the last couple years, it, it's tough with, you know, having a vision and you want to build out a business and you just see where you want it to go and you get frustrated because you're just not there yet. And that's what I've been in feeling the last couple of years. So to be a, a finalist in essence really kind of reignited my confidence in financial garden because I was off social media for a year. Um, in 2019, 2019 was like one of the toughest years of my life. Um, I, I experienced great loss. It was like, I swear, every other week somebody was passing away. I had health issues that came out of the clear blue sky, like painful um, abdominal issues. I had to go see specialists and I had to get treatment. And then I invested in real estate. One of my, re my rental property had a $50,000 uh, repair that need to happen on this guy I mean all this was going on I'm like okay I can't take all of this in financial guardian <laughs> like something has to something has to kind of fall off and I was still I still had contracts with school so I was still going out I still had instructors that were assisting me to get there and set up so I was keeping that commitment but I'm like I'm not even going to pitch to get any more contracts to go on school because I physically can't. I just don't even have a willpower to train. I was at a point where I was like, I'm gonna invest more into staff and invest more in there. And so to get knocked down all of 2019, um, 
for, for a full year. I hadn't even made a post on social media. It was coming on a year because I was just like, I don't even want to advertise Financial Guardian because I can't even keep up with what I have because of what's going on so much. And I was so frustrated because before everything just started breaking down personally for me, I really was on a plan. I had hired two people. Um, I was like, okay, we're going to get in more schools. Like, this is what I want to do. And I just kept getting knocked down, kept getting knocked down. And when I seen the email come through from my best friend for Essence, I'm like, if I get this $100,000, like, this would be, I feel like I can get back to where I was before I feel like I lost a year. I did a year of not pitching to schools, not pitching to after school programs. Um, so that's revenue that's being lost in my business. So I'm just like, oh my God, that's like a reset button and able to truly scale up and really be a business where I don't have to be the 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 brains and the, the life of financial garden. If I if I build a comparable team up, if something happens to me personally, they should be able to keep everything going. And that's what I didn't have in 2019. So this this competition was big. Um, I learned a lot. <laughs> from um, being in a national competition, I realized that I have been playing small with Financial Garden. That is the the overall lesson that I've got in from Essence. If they don't even know, um, from 2018, from going to, to Essence Fest and not having the confidence to pitch, to 2019, seeing the pitches, I'm like, wow, I've been playing small. And then 2020, in 2020, seeing what the other finalists did and the person who won, she definitely deserved to win because her press game was phenomenal and I realized again I had been playing small so um that is a summary <laughs> of essence I know I said a lot but <laughs> that's <No>. where <laughs> it was a lot going on there that is beautiful and you started out our conversation <clears throat> with your Daniel fast and your faith and as you were speaking all I can think about was you know when we look at the pandemic and where schools are at and the fact that you were able to be one of three, one of three, like right away, you know, that was definitely a move of God and a shift. And <clears throat> you even your being still in 2019, that pause was necessary. Imagine if you had all those contracts and had depending on all those contracts and then you know, this happened. You know, they had to pull back because the children weren't in school. So now you you have that backup um, where you can grow your business without being there. And I agree with you. It's nothing like, you know, being a CEO of something and depending on other people that, you know, when you're still somewhat grassroots and I was 15 years in but I did it as I, I wanted to and as I needed to um, even with my volunteers I, I just I got to a point where I didn't want to do anything unless um, I could pay someone or at least give them something you know to value yeah. their time even my, my volunteers they would usually turn around and give it back to us if we paid them but offer them something um because i had health challenges and i'm like lord you gave this to me i you know i fired myself often <laughs> like i'm not okay. doing what you told me to do um, <laughs> and that was just me being a type personality as well 
um, I had to let it go and push in. And that's where pop-up math labs came from. <laughs> like, hey, I can do this. <laughs> um, but he gave you a national platform. And let me tell you, um, you didn't receive that email from Essence Fest uh, because your, your friends, your peers, were supposed to be that channel that you needed to move on it, to act on it, you know? Um, you talked about the two sets of peers. And then, you know, you may have been like me. I received an email from Essence. Um, and actually, it wasn't Essence. It was Pine Saw. I thought they were trying to sell something. Okay. No. <laughs> I thought they were trying to sell some. I ignored Essence and Pine Saw uh, conversations. I didn't listen to the email. And one day I listened to the email. And guess what, Tasha? They were trying to feature me. They, that's when they were having the um, annual wow. move from different cities. Um, a woman making a powerful difference. Those luncheons. So we were um, acknowledged there in the area of education and children you know we fit that criteria you know our business they found us on um, a platform that hosted nonprofits or listed our background information uh, executive summaries and I, you know again I thought it was just a hoax like I don't have time for this I'm not purchasing anything I'm pouring into these babies and these families and when I listened to the message I was like wow went to the luncheon didn't know I was getting money, and then more money, and then features in the Apatorios wow. for Essence of Ebony. So with that national, I'm only sharing this to say, when I saw that Pine Saw Essence, I was like extremely excited for you. Um, and then the number, Thank like, you. yes, everybody, vote, 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 vote. That wasn't the case <laughs> for me, though, even with my being featured in these national publications between 2008-2009, I had more national attention than I had local. Mm -hmm. You understand? Which, you know, for me, if, and not attention, but attention and support for the program, um, it was so competitive in my area, you know, I'm competing with some of the others that I won't mention, um, in terms of them having a longer running program and I just had you know classes and you can hear the siren we're both in Michigan I don't know mm -hmm. if you can hear Tasha's <laughs> siren you can hear my siren in the background I'm sure it's about to come through I'm sure yeah the 1 p.m. I was like what is that so <laughs> yeah that's what it is so I was excited for you because you all eyes are on social right now. So you're going to be supported in a different way. You know, I was featured in a magazine and there was a little bit on their website. And, you know, they weren't as active socially. It was more about, you know, celebrity type. That's where their Twitter and Facebook feeds were getting the most attention. You, mm. my dear, you've had the, <laughs> the, the television um, attention you know, or, or marketing. Um, so you have the television presence, you'll have a print presence, you are on their social platforms and their clips. Um, they invested in a different way 
And so it's going to go much further. And you are in essence best participant. So this was divine timing, I believe. And I want to encourage you to continue doing what you're doing because you're modeling for others. I'm sure there are local nonprofits, social enterprises, small business owners who wonder, how did you do it? You know, we have all these pitch pitch competitions here, but how did you do it? How did you get this recognition? So I hope you're prepared for that new line of mentorship and or uh, what do you guys call it? New line item in your business, man. <laughs> I, I am and I um have been in a lot of it's weird now right um getting the attention that I have from local because I think local was so hard um I'm glad you mentioned that like it was hard for me I did get one radio I got news I got print radio and tv right um but I worked so hard to get that <laughs> when I say um, I did hire a publicist. This was my first time actually thinking about even doing press. The whole time that I've been doing Financial Garden, um, how I get clients is going to expos and cold calling and pitching or whatever. Um, so I never considered like doing press. That may sound crazy, but I just never did. And when I did this, I'm like, oh, I don't even have a press release. I don't even, and like, so I'm like, let me find a publicist or someone to do this. So Dorothea, you mentioned Dorothea before, she's actually my business coach. So I told mm-hmm. her uh, about Essence and she's like, she said, congratulations. And then she gave me 500 things to do. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do your stuff right now. It's gonna be too much. But she gave me some good advice. And she was telling me like, you can write your own press release, whatever, what? I'm like, no, Dorothea, I just, I have to focus on other things. So I ended up finding someone um, that does PR. She um, is a black small entrepreneur as well. And mm-hmm. she, but her full-time job is writing press releases mm-hmm. and submitting them. So her, even though she's starting to do this on her own, her full-time is press. So she mm-hmm. definitely taught me so much. I, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. Um, she did. <laughs> she formally submitted my stuff. I didn't get any bites for that, but her having stuff written up the way she did, I submitted that to everybody I could. So I had my admin literally DM everybody in Detroit, every anchor, every news anchor, every TV host, every radio anchor. I mean, writers from the free free press everything um and i got three bites back so it it definitely taught me a lot it was a lot of hard work i think i mean i was averaging like three hours of sleep during the whole month of june for for the competition but it taught me so much about press and how i should be building these relationships just in general um with the press because that is how your business gets known aside from paying for marketing and different stuff like that. But if you can get a feature that can do wonders for you, if you can get a new spot that can do wonders for your business. And that was going back to me playing small. And during the comp- during the competition, I did not look at the other two finalists. 
I was like so tunnel vision because I really felt that this was mine. Like I already had recorded my thank you speech, okay? Like I already yeah. knew my plan. <laughs> I like I was doing a live celebration. Like I, you just could not tell me I was not going to win this. Um, and when I didn't, I was just like devastated. But I, I had a feeling I wasn't going to win it because I said I was not going to look at anybody's social media until the competition was over. And I looked at Mary, she from Market 7 DC, she is the she was the grand prize winner. I looked at hers, I just searched this hashtags to see like if they pop up. And she popped up. So I'm like, let me see her Instagram page. And then I seen that she had retweets. She just screenshotted on her Instagram like, oh my God, thanks for the love. She had like 30,000 tweets in one day for her. I'm like, oh God, like that made me nervous. I'm like, oh, that's just from one day. And then I looked at her more and more her stuff. I was like, I know that I went hard and I got a lot of press and I got a lot of that, but 30,000 tweets in one day, I hadn't even gone through what she had done. And I was getting a lot of Instagram love, but not, I didn't focus on Twitter. Instagram is harder because you, you know, if you share it, people got to click and go to your profile. People don't want to do all of that. Mm-hmm. Twitter is just click and done. Oh, just vote. And I was doing it on Facebook. Facebook was getting a lot of look, attention and a lot of engagement, but I slept on Twitter. I was like, oh my goodness. And that's when doubt crept in for the first time. Well, no, that was the second time when we did our, we recorded a segment before the announcement. And she had said like she was going back on the news that night. And I'm like, back. I'm like, oh my God, I only got one news. I'm like, you know, I had to give myself a prep talk. Like, don't worry about it. Do not look at her social media be- until it's over. I didn't want anything to knock me off of what I was doing and just start creating doubt because I knew that I was doing everything I could do possible and I didn't want to give up. So I seen it. I'm like, wow. So when I announced her name, I was still praying that it was some, <laughs> some type of miracle that I was going to win. But I just had to give her, I had to give her credit. Her press game was insane. Um, she had featured in Black Enterprise when it first entered, um, when it when it first dropped. She, you could tell that she has had press connections. So the other semifinalist as well, um, she got national, other national or magazines and radio stations to plug her. And I'm like, wow, going back to your point, they got more national attention than they did local. I think Market 7 DC got a lot of national. They decided to reach out to DC natives, um, Howard alums. So they reached out to Howard, um, Taraji P. Henson and stuff like that. I didn't I didn't think about that. Um, one of my friends was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna reach out to Big Sean. I'm gonna try to reach find his the, his mother's email. They're on a board and for his foundation. And she was just like, we got to get you a, a celebrity to tweet about this just just to say thing and i'm like oh my god i didn't think about that i'm like you know she was grinding hard to get that but i was like wow i sh- why didn't i think about you know you start playing a one if in hindsight 2020 mm-hmm. but i can't express how much i just when she said that i was like oh i don't want to it was that whole like you i have to stop doing that i have to start taking the risk and just doing the ask like just put myself out there and not be scared of the no. Um, and I think that's what I had, uh, this competition taught me a lot. Cause I should have I should have been thinking on that level 
when I got the email that I was a finalist. Tasha, <laughs> now we have, I'm going to do the big sister talk. Now, you know, Dorothea and I are really, really good friends. I don't know if you know that part. We're really good friends. <laughs> I'm going to do the big sister talk. She and I have it too. You, I want you to shift that. I should have. Shift that statement okay. to, I learn that in order to compete when there is a public vote, this is what I should do. Okay. I'm yep. ready now. Yeah. So shift to the, I understand now, or I learned through this experience that competing for public votes when I don't have that community built, I need to reach out in this way. But not a shoulda. Because you didn't know. Okay. You didn't know. You know. That's true. You, you didn't know. So I love the fact that you stay focused on you. And this, okay, that was 150000 Come on, you're a CPA. <laughs> that was 150000 The process that you went through, your business coach, the business attorney, that investment plan, I, I want to learn more about that offline. Um, that process alone is going to take you much further than that $150,000 within the window of time you had to invest, I can see you getting double that. Investing the same amount of time based on, based on what you know now. I will say, um, I've been in all those press, our local press, etc. Okay. Uh, radio, television, print. It's all about timing. They're looking for those stories. And I was invited to press and they had to find the right time. It wasn't the right time for me. And then they had to find the right time. And you just have to be ready when it is the right time. And it sounds like you're ready and you will build those, those relationships. I would like to encourage you to still plan your live celebration because you did win. You still won. You still want you talk about those components that you got from this. I mean, you won the um, $15,000 and, and, and keep building on that uh, momentum and thank those who invested with a click. You have your campaign for 10,000 young people through your book, which I want you to talk about. <laughs> I think and you're going to surpass that I... goal. You're going <laughs> to surpass that goal using those same strategies. Don't back down now. You know how to automate some of that to keep people engaged who have a team, you know, and we can talk about some other afterwards. Good at coaching. Then I get bored and I pull back, like, no, that's why I don't want to do this part of it. I just want to help people because <laughs> I get trained. I am an introvert as well. And that's probably why I didn't see you because 2019, I wasn't on social either. Or, or 2018, I kind of pulled back like a lot. So, anyway, yes, I'm, I want to encourage you to do that. But let's talk about your book, which my two grandchildren and, um, three other children will have in their home library 
collection and we will be meeting up to discuss and build on. Yay. I, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> yes, yes. Because we have meetups. We have to, you know, it's serious. They get to play a little bit and then they want to learn. They think they think that Power Ore stash is their personal stash. Let's do Power Ore. Let's do Pop Up Math Lab. <laughs> so tell us about your children's book. And I know that's just one. There are more to come. So, yeah. So, Actually, the ten. So the mission was I. I started thinking like, what, what is my overall goal with financial guardian? Like when I first started, it was to teach kids um, about money, and more importantly, that there's more than money than just saving. So I wrote a children's book called Amina's Bracelets, and it's journeying a little girl starting a business. She wants to reach a financial goal of getting a tablet. And her parents told her, like my parents told me, you need to use your own money. <laughs> and she was like, okay, how can I do this? And saving is obviously one option, but that would have took her a while. And then her father mentioned entrepreneurship. And so it kind of just journeys her and her parents and, you know, how to find out a profit. You know, it's not just about selling things, but the math component of, yeah, if you made $100 selling lemonade or selling bracelets, but it cost you $200 to buy everything, you didn't make a profit. Do you mm-hmm. still have any of those materials to resell, to, to repeat on another day? If not, if you have to keep doing, starting over $200, you know, that's something that I want kids to know. Um, think about profit. Think about how much it costs you to make something and when you sell it. And that's the main gap that I've seen when I was in, in the classroom. Kids just talked about how much money you can make but I'm like how much does it cost though mm-hmm. so that's what made me um write that was a big part of the book I wanted to focus on I didn't want to make it too mathy I mm-hmm. I love numbers but I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure it held everyone's attention and you know journey that process so mm-hmm. I did have my celebration for essence I did live I went live with one of my prayer warrior friends who like she, me and her fast together we fasted uh, all October for financial garden of 2019 because I just really just was like I can't believe I can't it's like I'm so stuck and I'm so frustrated like God gave me this but I'm getting nowhere and she was like friend no we about to we about to pray this off and we're about to fast and we fasted all of October so I'm like I want you to come on the live so talk to me because she gave me words of encouragement that I actually listened to <laughs> versus um I hear, I would, cause I, I talked to Dorothea and I'm like, no, Dorothea, I just want to be mad right now. No. <laughs> and Dorothea was like, I'm gonna give you a day to be mad, but I'm calling you back with next steps. Um, so Natalie had a different approach for me and she went back to like talking about when we fasted and she was just like, she was not letting it go. So I'm like, let's go live and celebrate what did happen. Um, and let me just acknowledge the other two women because they did do a great job. And I really, mm-hmm. I, that was so sincere because we we were so tired. Like <laughs> when we were doing our, our our essence recordings and stuff, like we all were praying, we all were doing all of this. So it's not like, you know, they were not deserving of it either. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I had my day to be mad, <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? And that's when I'm like, I need to focus on where well, I started Financial Garden and that was with kids and I wrote the kids book and I hadn't been doing anything with it really. Um, I wrote it in 2016 and my grandmother passed in 2016. And I think that's kind of like, I dedicated the book to her. Um, two months later, she passed. I was her legal guardian in 2016. Um, 
kind of knocked the wind out of me, but I still kept going with Financial Garden. I still kept going strong with it. I did a book release party. I did stuff and I just was like, I'm not going to sit and wait and figure out what to do with it. I'm, I want to just release this because I knew she was getting sick and I just really wanted to celebrate it before she passed away. I didn't know it would be that soon. I didn't know it would be like two months after I, the book was published that she wouldn't be here anymore. So I'm like, I, I market it sometimes on social media, but it's when I'm with schools and stuff, I'd say this is the book that I use to teach entrepreneurship. This is this is what it's hitting on. When you look at it from a math component, component of things. So it was like, I talk about it offline, but not socially, like not promoting it. And um, talking with Natalie, I'm like, I really want to do something with the book. And we just kept talking and talking. And then that's when 10K with Amina came from reaching 10,000 kids and getting this book in their hand. And for schools, there's a lesson plan that goes along with it of how to really impact change because mm -hmm. that's going back to my cognitive development. It's not, I don't want to just say what you should do. I really want to empower kids to know that they can make their own money and they can reach goals. Um, they can reach financial goals because I was through, literally taught that when I was three, all the way growing up, going back to what I was just saying about my grandmother talking about, okay, I want to decorate this room. So I had to save here. And then those steps, even with her walking me through getting a car, and that is why I was able to pay off my debt. And so that's what I really want to, you know, bring that point home of setting financial goals and being able to achieve them. And so that's where 10K with Amina came for. So now that's my main focus right now, Financial Garden, obviously getting into more schools and doing stuff virtually, but it's really getting it. I really want to hit this goal this year um, of getting this book to 10,000 kids. Wow, that's beautiful. I was wondering where the 10,000, the number 10,000 came from. I wasn't sure if it was, you know, hey, I am playing catch up, these babies need it, or it was, a, you know, tied to a financial goal. So that's, uh, that's amazing. I'm glad that there's a lesson plan for schools as well. That's planting another seed um, for those um, who are instructing the students. And I hope you release something for those us at home <laughs> you know a quick <laughs> you know because parents don't know you know they can read the book but to apply it some parents don't know they will I'm sure will ignite um it will ignite something special in them but to have a few steps to coach them as well uh in leading their children will be inspirational and advantageous so please consider that I, i'm excited That's now, yeah yeah so i'll wait until my book come to get you know because i've seen certain pages i'll just wait up and then we'll, we'll come on a live <laughs> we'll come on a live and talk about it but again i i encourage even another live i mean like a party with those who have um, Amina's bracelets booklet. Continue those celebrations, those private celebrations, um, because families—they really, especially the children—they are so into these YouTube um, reality shows. Somebody else's life. I'm like, well, no, let's talk about your life and what you're doing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Tasha, it has been a joy um, speaking to you about living better. You mentioned prayer and fasting as one way to help you live better, as well as uh, shifting 
mindsets and um, moving some of your peers over to the side because they weren't um, your journey wasn't their journey at the time do you have any other nuggets or any strategies that you're using today to help you live better like a mantra a scripture you're standing on or a a practice that helps to keep you aligned I will say my biggest mantra right now is is just stop playing small because that's literally that's really what I've taken away from um, this essence competition and just even with me like thinking about this book that I've had and just in general like it's just stop it's just stop playing small mm-hmm. now that's related to your business related to your personal are you are you telling yourself that um, in your work in your health etc yes um, so my health journey personal health journey is improving um, as well um, still going um, trying to see if I need to do treatments again this year hopefully not but um, just personally how I'm just making sure I keep create time for myself because essence burnt me out this year but just making sure <laughs> I get myself time to do what I like to do is read like a lot of time I spend is with friends and family I like to travel a lot of my friends about the state so it's been pretty tough this year just really being in my house um, but I use that time to pray more, to lean more into God. And that is pretty much like what I've been kind of focusing on more on a personal level. Very good. So I heard you talk about unlearning and uh, big, big sister Tony gave you. <laughs> we have to watch our words. We have to watch our words. That's true. Because, oh, those words burn deep down in us. Um, and then learning better. Uh, Yes, your entrepreneurial journey the past, well, since 2016, you've mentioned some very valuable um, lessons to um, learn, help you grow your business, shift your business, and I'm excited for you. And you definitely, definitely, Tasha, are leading boldly. Um, in your presence online and in the lives of children. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Do you have anything else you would like to say before we chime off? (laughs) Yes, I just want to thank you again for having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation today. um, So I really do appreciate it. And I do appreciate all the love and support you show me online. So I just want to end with that.